oh yeah, you know, I'm thinking about buying a motorcycle. I was like, a motorcycle? That's so dangerous. Why would you ride a motorcycle? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh. Sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. All right, Hugh, so I have a question from a trader here. And this trader is saying, I like to trade the trend, uh, the trend extension. So when the, the market goes and then it kind of pulls back and then he wants to get back in on, a, on the pullback uh, in the direction of the trend. Uh, but he's, he's, fi- he's found that he's been getting stopped out a little bit more often than he would like. And he said he's learned from other traders this idea of using you know different momentum type indicators to decide when the pullback is sort of ending. Um, the idea is that you're going to miss out on a lot of entries because you're only going to take the best ones where the momentum is kind of dying mm-hmm. in the pullback and then get into the trade. And he said, this will, in theory, increase my win rate and you're only taking high probability trades. What do you think about that? So that's his question. So I would say that you know, from my point of view, um, yeah, basically what he's doing is he's refining his beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's come to the conclusion that it makes sense to trade the trend. If you're going to trade the trend, you might as well get in on a discount. And if you're going to trade the discounts, you might as well make sure that the discount is sort of turning into, you know, it's kind of losing steam. And so I'm going to do that. And I say, yeah, but it sounds like in the back of his head, he's thinking, uh-oh, it looks like if I do this, I'm not going to have a lot of trades, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. he wants, you know, he wants the blessing, like, okay, okay, my son, you can you can trade fewer trades, right? Yeah. They, I mean, kind of, kind of sounds like that, you know, like, yeah. And look, I don't want to tell anyone what to believe about the markets, but I could definitely understand why someone would want to trade this way. I like to trade this way as well, and I would say that, uh, yeah, sure, go for it. Like, there's nothing really wrong with that idea. You know, the idea that you're going to miss out on some trades, if win rate is really important to you and you find that being picky allows you to have a higher win rate, then my thing is, yeah, go for it. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. So th- that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, you probably in the end will end up trading several markets. So you'll probably want to make sure you backtest all of those markets that you're going to trade. But other than that, yeah, it's perfectly viable. And there's a, like a long, long list of very profitable traders who trade in essentially the same way as has been described here. So there's really nothing I would say that's wrong with that. It's just just a little bit of doubt in this trader's mind, I guess. So what is, what's your take on this, Hugh? Yeah, no, totally. I think it's just, it's mostly about permission. And then like you said, testing, just test all, all the things. And a third thing I would add is uh, maybe perfection, going for a little bit too perfect of an entry or whatever. Yeah, just play around with different ideas and then see if they work out um, you know, in a way that is acceptable to you, either from the win rate or from a return standpoint. So um, yeah, I think you had it spot on for sure. Yeah, that, that's a good point about the per- perfection because depending on how you trade, essentially going to come down to, you know, there's one of two kind of camps that a lot of traders fall into. It's the camp of fear of pulling the trigger, mm-hmm. which is kind of what this trader is in, right? Like I want everything to be perfect sort of thing. Or there's the over trader, the trader who like revenge Super trades yeah. and, you know, has, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, it's, it's basically like 
the hyper aggressive scalper or person who just wants to take a bunch of trades and make sure that I'm up on the day sort of thing versus so over trading and uh, versus this trader who, who kind of wants everything to be perfect, like you say. Mm. So, I mean, in a lot of cases, depending on your personality and the way that your system operates, you're going to end up with that issue. I mean, that's pretty common for most traders to either have a fear of taking a trade or taking way too many trades, <laughs> like one or the other, right? Yeah. And the fear of taking a trade is usually when you really want the win rate to be higher. And that could just be that you're trading a low win rate strategy, like a 25% win rate strategy or something like that. It could be as simple as that, or it could just be that you, you know, you like you say, like a perfectionist, you just want to be right a lot. And the other one where you over trade is just, it's almost like a gambling mentality, right? Where you just mm. like, you just, oh, like, well, that's how, uh, actually that's how, uh, martingale comes about right mm -hmm. so martingale strategies come from that from the sort of the over trading thing like i don't want to ever end up a, a loser you know I, I'll, I'll i'll get all my money back on this next trade sort of thing right mm -hmm. so it is interesting though that you can kind of in a gross sense you can kind of split the trading world into one of those two camps like you can pretty much guarantee you're going to be dealing with one or one or the of those two issues you know yeah yeah totally yeah. and it, i think it comes down to also like more introverts and extroverts, maybe like that's kind of where that lies. Maybe, you know, people who are worried of or afraid of making a mistake are not are going to under trade. And the people who are really gung ho and are all about um, getting things done are going to over trade. Right. Yeah. So somewhat one way to characterize that would be like sensation seeking. So mm. people who are sensation seeking, they, they're like scalpers. They take a lot of trades. They put on a lot of risk. They're like, bam, bam, in and out of the market. Whereas people who are a little bit, like you say, maybe more introverted or kind of like one way to look at introverts is to say that they're overstimulated just in normal life. Whereas extroverts are understimulated in normal life and need and seek stimulation. So they do like what is it called when they jump out of the, like off the cliff on the, is it like called a squirrel jumping. suit? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Squirrel suits and base jumping. Oh, squirrel suits, yeah, like yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. Those are like the, the sensation seeking sort of extrovert type people. And so, yeah. So it's interesting. I went to a wedding once where it was all of these like base jumpers and like crazy, like Hawaii big wave riders and stuff. <laughs> like it was wild, man. You know what I mean? Like there weren't all, they actually, it's interesting. Not all of them were, were like super extrovert, but most of them were in kind of in that way. You know, mm. like you could tell, like you could see why they were drawn to like base jumping and stuff. Yeah. It was really interesting. Like getting, like seeing that, like a bunch of those people in the same room. Yeah. 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 Those, yeah. It's funny. I talked to a guy who was a big wave surfer in Hawaii and he, they call him the crazy Hungarian because never surfed before in his life. And he goes to the North shore and he <laughs> surfs like, you know, 40 foot waves or whatever. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm thinking about buying a motorcycle. And I was like a motorcycle. That's so dangerous. Why would you ride a motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so there's a lot of nuance with that, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, you know, I was talking to one of my um, my son's friends, his his friend's mother, and and we're like, well, we're going down to the skate park. And she's like, uh, and we go, you know, does does your son have a skateboard? And, you know, would he go down to the skate park or whatever with us one time? She's like, skateboard? I'll, I'll never let him have a skateboard. I'm too much, have much too sense for that, you know, like sort of thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, you know, <laughs> her son's like climbing up these big towers and jumping off into the water at low tide and stuff like that like you know what i mean like doing all these crazy things where you're like really okay you know it's just it's just like perception like yeah um people say that riding a bike is dangerous a bicycle right on the roads and yet you know 
you look at the stats for people in the cars on the roads, you know, you got a pretty good chance that throughout your life, like you're going to get in a real nasty accident at least once, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much baked into the cake. <laughs> like that is going to happen because of just, just the odds. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas people are terrified to go out in the water because of sharks, you know, and they're like, you you probably be struck by lightning twice before you'd be bitten by a shark. So, you yeah. know, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, Walter. See ya. See ya. See ya. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.